If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you the rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and everything you need is all in one place, and here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup's like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish a video podcast to Spotify. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Actor Steve Zahn stops by, shares his love of history and Kentucky. Welcome to Uncommon History of the South podcast, where we uncover little-known facts of uncommon history. History is full of curious characters and interesting stories you'll never discover in any textbook. We uncover fun facts of historical events, interesting places, famous people, and everything in between. Hey, before we begin our podcast, I have a couple of updates. We're now on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, so please make sure to friend us or follow us on our social media platforms so you can stay up to date with our podcast. Also, we're sharing historical pictures and documents from Harold's personal collection on our social media pages. Some are very rare, and you will not see these anywhere else, so make sure you friend us. Also, if you have any questions about our podcast, follow the link at the bottom of our page notes. Uh, it will take you to our Anchor FM homepage where you can leave us a voice message. So if you have a question about our podcast or maybe you'd like for us to include uh, a certain topic in an upcoming episode, please let us know and we'll try to use it in the future. And as always, please leave a five-star review and share a podcast with your friends. This will help others find us so we can grow. Thank you. Now to the podcast. Hello and welcome to Uncommon History of the South podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Harold. And Harold, before we... Uh, interview our our next guest i want to wish you a happy birthday harold just turned 65 on friday so you're old enough to know better now yeah all right so now to our guest our guest today has appeared in over 80 movies and tv shows you may know him from that thing you do or sahara he also hosts a podcast for the university of kentucky basketball team and he will be he's appearing in the good lord bird on showtime which is really good i just caught the first episode um, and later this fall, he'll be coming out in, in a movie called Cowboys, where he won Best Actor for Tribeca Film Festival. Steve Zahn, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you so oh. much. Hey, guys. Thanks. Hey, uh, hey let me just say, uh, I just, I, I love your podcast. Every well, thank episode. You. And I I, uh, I can't wait uh, till there's new ones and um I just listened to the uh, stewards uh, this uh, today, and then uh, uh, Frank and Jesse James was amazing, and uh, so I'm 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 really thrilled to be on, and I hope that <laughs> I can somehow parlay <laughs> my life into uh, some uh, some unique history. Let's put it that way. Oh, I'm sure you will be um, be able to. It's we just we appreciate you taking the time to um, to be part of the podcast, and we know that you you have a passion for history like we do, and it's always good anytime we can just sit down and talk to someone and share that passion. I call it being with like-minded people. 
Yeah. And that yeah. makes it a lot easier sometimes. Yeah. Well, Steve, uh, one of the things I think our, our listeners is fascinated with uh, is your, your movie uh, career. And uh, if you'd like to share with us a little bit about what, what has been your favorite role or do you have a favorite role that you played over the years? Yeah, it's, you know, I've done, I don't know how many movies, like over 80 or whatever. And whenever I get asked that, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when somebody asks you, you know, what's your, what's your favorite album or what's your favorite band or what's your favorite. And and it's a hard one to answer. Right. right. Um, and for me, um, when I'm asked that, I usually think of what was the most fun for me to make it. It's, it's not the the most well received, or the one that um, everybody knows me for. Um, it's usually the the answer to that is something like, I I did a western called Comanche Moon. That was, I love that movie because it fulfilled kind of a childhood dream. I did a movie called Rescue Dawn which was another one that because I'm a, a you know, a, a amateur historian, I, I got to play, a, you know, a, an actual person uh, that went through a, a horrible ordeal. Um, there's a movie called Management. And I always say that no one has seen that movie. And um, I always mention that because it was the most fun. We laughed all day. Um but they're also like, you know, that thing you do was, was a, was a pivotal moment in my career and it was an amazing job. And, you know, that was directed by Tom Hanks. What was that like working with Tom Hanks? At first I was petrified because remember, you know, Tom was at the top of his game at that point. I mean, he still is, well, but he's still America's sweetheart. I mean, he's, yeah. And he is, he is exactly what you would think he is. He is a modest, smart, funny, personable human being. And I was scared to death. And then after 20 minutes, um, you know, that was over. And to this day, he's really um, kind of um, kind of a father figure as far as like film is concerned. He, you know, us guys were pretty young and, and green and um, he taught us, he taught us a lot and he didn't have to do that. He really kind of molded us and, and um, that was an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my favorite movie of yours to date is Strange Wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love that oh, movie that so because revealing. that is my sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Strange Wilderness is, I gotta say. That movie was so much fun to make. It is that it's the wackiest kind of just stupid comedy. And I, at the time (laughs) that when I read that script, I was in Hanoi, Vietnam. Okay. I had just finished shooting this, this Vietnam movie called Rescue Dawn. I just mentioned and my, my agent called me and said, Hey, you got an offer on this movie and it's, I hate it. It's, it's, it's not funny. It's horrible, but they want to know today. So I sat in my hotel in in Hanoi and I read this script 
and I was laughing so hard reading it. And I, uh, I, I, I put, I finished the script, and I thought, "Am I laughing because <laughs> I'm in Hanoi, Vietnam, like reading a script, or is this really that funny?" And I called my agent. I was like, I have to do this. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're going to do it. I was like, yeah, this is amazing. Listen, if so, they will make a sequel to it, Harold and I will chip in yes, on sir. it. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll just oh, tell well, you. Well, yeah. I think, yeah. You know you've made it. I think you know you've made it as an actor when you can do a buck-toothed shark. <laughs> I was going to ask my next question. Is, is What's your favorite shark? <laughs> my favorite shark. Well, that would be the hammerhead. Okay. Yeah. okay. So it wouldn't be the dork shark or whatever that was in there. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. That's, hey, uh, I, I loved, uh, of course, of course, I love Comanche Moon, too. The Lonesome Dove series, to me, is just classic Western, just as good as it gets. I, I think most people would say that, that, that like Westerns. But also, Sahara. You know, you yes. and I had talked about yeah. that before. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's kind of getting into the history we're kind of getting into a story about a lost Confederate ironclad in the Sahara Desert. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a Clive Cussler uh, novel. And um, and that, that job was, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, you've, you've, we shot that in the Sahara Desert, Morocco. We stayed in a tiny village called Erfud, on the edge of the Sahara for two and a half months. And every day we would pre-dawn, get into these, you know, these SUVs and drive into the middle of nowhere. And, and we would spend the day riding camels and blowing stuff up. I mean, it was like, it was, it was incredible. It was a, a life changing experience. And we shot that for like five months we shot it in Morocco, Spain, and London. Actually, all of the all of the interior of the ironclad was at a studio in London. Wow. And um, but they built that that submarine in a dune, and I mean, it was like an hour from the hotel. It was just, and to come upon that was incredible. And like all those tanks that were, you know, with the, with the Moroccan army showed up and it, it was <laughs> insane. And one day oh, I remember the tanks were all lined up, you know, they're, they're facing the ironclad and we were shooting the scene where, you know, the, the climax of the movie. And, and, uh, my assistant and I went down to talk to the guys, you know, in the tanks and we were climbing around and they had loaded fifties. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was like, you guys, this is like, you know. That's about as real as it could get, isn't it? Uh, Has there been a role that you're kind of like, ah, I wish I hadn't have done this? And you may not want to say, and that's fine, but, you know, is there something that you've like, ah, I wish I hadn't really went with this one? I mean, I don't know. There's not like, to really be honest with you, I, I, I'm so lucky to be kind of working in this industry. It's, 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 it's incredible. It's the most incredible job. And sure, there are, there are some times when, you know, like, like everybody's job, you get grouped up with people that you don't really dig or, you know, whatever. And, and, and it's not that great of an experience. And, and a lot of those movies, 
you know, I've been in a few and I have never seen them. And for me, I don't watch them because for me, it's like looking at a yearbook, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I really don't want to look at that yearbook, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's like anything, but. But Strange Wilderness, uh, but, but would that be an few. exception to that? Is that the one you would watch? <laughs> oh, yeah. Strange Wilderness. I watch that one like I'm not in it. <laughs> like, I laugh at me in that. And you know what I mean? Usually yeah. you don't do that. Yeah. Well, let's transition into some uh, historical uh, area. Steve, people ask me, and I'm sure that you've been asked the same thing, uh, how did you get interested in history or when did you get interested in history? And how I did have you develop really, your passion yeah, for history? How did you, and and, and how, that's hard for me to answer. Is that hard for you to answer? Yeah, I mean, you know, Harold, you and I have talked about this, and and, and, it, it, and I, I find a real kinship with people um, that, that love history. It's like, I, 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 you know, listening to um, Stuart earlier on a, your earlier podcast, and, and he said, you know, I was the kid in, as a little kid in elementary school that was, you know, um, paging through the World War II picture books. And that was me. And I remember my teachers um, actually telling my parents, you know, he should really not check these out anymore <laughs> you should actually check something out that and i was fascinated with with history when i was a, when i was very young i remember on sunday nights was world at war that documentary that was hosted by Lawrence olivier and my dad would get me out of bed because i go to bed early and he and i would sit in his lap and i would watch world at war and i was fascinated with it and he was fascinated with this kind of kid that was mesmerized by old guys talking, <laughs> you know, those documentaries weren't very exciting. There weren't reenactments and there wasn't, you know, all this footage. Right. And um, so I've always had a, a real attachment to it. And then, and then as a, as a young kid, we took, we took a, um, we took a vacation, you know, in our Dodge Aspen with no air conditioning in the summer and went to, to DC and we stopped in Gettysburg for two days. And that really, really changed my life. I, because it was tangible, I could, I could touch things that were in my imagination. And to this day, I go to a battlefield, you know, like I've been to Perryville dozens of times and I feel the same thing when I go there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I tell you a little you know. interesting side note about that. I, I've lived all my life in that area, you know, within 10 miles of the battlefield, of the core battlefield. And I can honestly tell you as a child, uh, going there was like, I don't care if it's five miles or 500 miles. I had the same feeling. You experience something, you, you're walking on hollow ground, you realize you're at a place that's not like any other. You know, it's something big happened here. Yeah. You know, something yeah. important happened here. Steve, is there a period of history that's your favorite or that you prefer to study? Is it World War II? Is it Civil War, Revolutionary War? Or, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of, I, it really depends. I mean, I, I'll, 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 I'll kind of focus on something for a while and then I'll, uh, you know, I'll go to like, I, you know, all I do is read nonfiction history and I'll, I'll, I'll focus on like the Psalm, World War One, and then, I, you know, one year, all I did was read everything Custer, 
you know, I wanted to know as much about Little Bighorn as I, and I was obsessed with it. I think I've read everything on that. And um, so I kind of, I bounce around, but um, the Civil War has always been um, something that is just because of, you know, my experience as a kid has always been very prominent. And I think as a, as a, for me, it's kind of, I think as an actor, you, you, you have a certain amount of empathy that maybe a little more than the, the average person, you're always putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. And so for me going to a battlefield, I think of individuals and I think of, I think of, you know, I don't think of a mass of people. I think of one person, one guy and what that might've must've felt like and smelled like. And, you know, and you know, that's one of the unique things about Harold. He knows more than army a lined up over here and army B lined up here. And this is where they fought. He can tell you about the individual's, in those battles and you know later generations people that were kin to them and it's just amazing well i i i agree i mean i've sat in harold's driveway with my son and and we we sit and 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 listen to stories that have been passed down and and that's very unique and i think it's unique to because of the community, like Perryville is still a very small community. It's the same kind of size community it was back during the Civil War. And you have a lot of the same people, families that that live there. And so I, I find that very unique. And, and I think that the, the history becomes just so much more um, personal and, um, and fascinating. I mean, that's why I love Kentucky. Kentucky is just filled with this kind of like rich history around every corner, you know, whether it be Daniel Boone or, or, or settlers or, you know, the revolution or, you know, even, even, you know, prehistory, um, you know, uh, traces where mammoths walked, you know, Lee's town road is, is basically a mammoth highway. It's like that kind of stuff. When I go run, I run every day, right. Or I, I try to maybe every other day. And I, and I run the same road, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I I always pass like a big big bur oak tree. It's got to be three hundred years old. And I think, who passed under this tree? I always think of that. Like, did Quantrell ride under this tree? Did Sue Mundy ride under this tree? You know, what is this tree seeing? And, and uh, that might sound really goofy, but um, but it preoccupies a lot of my I don't know mm-hmm. my mind in a yeah. day. I think a lot of history-minded people think of things like that. And, you know, it's like Highway 68 was a buffalo trace. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and it became a stagecoach route, and then it became a, a highway. You know, it just right. – not by, not by accident, but it was, it was there used and, and became something. It, it, it evolved. You know, many people or some pe- travel that road every day have no idea have no that idea. it started have no idea. as a buffalo trace. Yeah. Right. And people right. – you know, that's one of the things, the biggest purpose we did in this podcast, Steve, was to preserve these stories. Uh, yeah. Brian, Brian and I said from day one is our goal is to preserve these stories. And uh, I'm not a writer, and I'm just not going to be a writer. And at my age, you're not going to turn into a writer. <laughs> so so you, you do the best you can to preserve these stories with podcasts. So, uh, But specifically about Perryville, can you remember when you first came there, uh, what brought you there, and and you've done a lot to help us there. 
and a member of the Friends group and, and so forth. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, the first time I came there, I was, I, I it was, my wife and I got married in, in, in Lexington, Kentucky. And, um, and in 94, and we, um, we spent most of the, most of the time, like we had, we, we were staying at my father-in-law's farm. We had a bluegrass band. So we spent, you know, we, it was great. We spent the week there and then, and then we were both doing Broadway shows in New York and we got married and we had one day before we had to go back to, back to our shows. And my wife was like, what are we going to do? I said, hey, let's drive to Perryville. <laughs> see the battlefield. And she's like, you, old you know, romantic. at that time, she's like, of course, that sounds great. You know, now she'd be like, no way. But um, at the time, so we drove down there. It was like 103 degrees, you know. And at that time, the, the park was like 98 acres. Mm-hmm. And we got there and we walked around and, and, you know, in the heat. And then we, you know, we always joke. We went there into the Shaker Village. It's like we went to a battlefield, uh, <laughs> or a horrific scene of violence, and then we went to the Shaker Village where no one had sex. And uh, yeah. <laughs> that, was our that was our romantic. That was our honeymoon. Oh, that's classic. Yeah, it's got my top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet she was thrilled there. Yeah, she's like, but, "Well, I've made I, the best choice of my life." Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really love that place. It's it, it truly is. My 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 son and I are lucky enough to you know we know alan who owns that that bottom house down there and he lets us stay there and 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 we sit on that porch and we just read and take walks and we've been there many many times and we've never slept in the house we always sleep on the porch (laughs) can i ask why always no it's just it's more magical you know a storm rolls (laughs) in the summer and you're out there it's just it's doesn't have anything to do with the ghost no, no, it okay. doesn't actually. Okay. It's just, you know, um, ghosts don't like me, I guess. They <laughs> never pop out. But okay. but that place, um, um, he and I both say, and I've, I've been around the world, and I always say, like, if if you were to ask me where is my favorite place in the entire world, I'd have to say this porch right here. Wow. Wow. And I mean that, you know. That's, that's really neat. That, yeah. That's really neat. My, my wife and I, uh, before we married, we courted a lot on that porch. I want you to know that. She would tell you that. <laughs> That's the first thing she would tell you. Is, There's been a lot of woo pitched on that porch. porch yeah. <laughs> yeah, think about that. Think of how many years people have sat on that porch. And, you know, and, and you look out the front, and it looks pretty much the same, doesn't it? Yes. Well, see, Parable, for our podcast listeners, is one of the most preserved, pristine battlefields in the United States. And we have more period structures in our area probably than any place in the United States. Um, in Gettysburg, I was there last weekend, and it's a great place. Um, and you could learn a lot. It's, it's just a tremendous place. It stands on its own. Um, but Perryville is different in the sense that we don't have a lot of monuments. We don't have a lot of um, things that obstruct your view. Uh, it's, a, it's just a different experience. It's pretty much the way it was in October the 8th, 1862. And uh, I think that's one of the things we're the most proud of and the things that we've worked over the years to try to preserve is it's uh, to keep it just like it was. And uh, so many people have worked so hard, including yourself, to to make that work. Um, It's just been a gigantic effort. The park is now, what, 1,400 acres? 
Yeah. I think total. I That's, mean, even in my lifetime, I think it was like he said earlier, 98 acres to see it grow to 1,100 or 1,400 acres, whatever it is today, is amazing. And the trails, and it's used by the families, you know, in this right. area. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's a neat place to have in your backyard. And that porch you set on, and when you look out into that front yard, you can imagine all those tents and all those surgeons working. They took all yep. the doors out of the house and used them for stretchers and tables. They took all the furniture out of the house. Every table was used as a as an amputation table, and um, you know it, it. When you when you sit there and you and you read those first hand accounts, and there's a really good book on that, um, Eyewitnesses to the Battle of Perryville. And when you sit there and you hear the, from their own words of what they witnessed and saw there, it 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 really makes you appreciate what you have. It really does. Yeah, and it's it's remarkable that it's just a blip of time. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, you know, it's a day. It's not even a day. And what? yet that one day affected so many people for 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 a very long time and mm-hmm. to this day, you know, and that's what I love about history and about, you know, you go stand on Omaha Beach. I mean, you know, they landed and they moved in inland. Mm-hmm. And then it was over there, but for some reason, that place is just—it's—it's it's haunting, and it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's incredible. Well, and I get the same feeling, you know, standing on Parsons Hill. Well, Saturday, listen to them honor Allen, and uh, the gentleman was talking about how Perryville Battlefield was probably the most important battle in the Civil War, and you know he listed because you know it was Kentucky. You know, Kentucky was a border state. Uh, there's the, with all the major rivers and the railroads all passed through Kentucky, how important it was. And I'd never really thought about it from that perspective. Yeah, Lincoln, right. Lincoln said that uh, he hoped God was on his side, but he must have Kentucky. Right. Yeah. I fear if we, I, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I fear that if we lose Kentucky, we lose the entire war. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you lose control of yeah. all those rivers of Mississippi, Ohio, Kentucky, Cumberland. Yeah. It, it yeah. was a major thing. Uh, Steve, have you, um, when you've been to Perryville um, over the years, have you decided if is there a favorite story or is there anything that you'd like to relate? Um, any particular place that you think is more special, maybe than others, or you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that you know, Bottom House, obviously. Um, I, I, I think Starkweather's position is a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty powerful place. Um, because of the first Tennessee and, and, and just, you know, right. what happened there was pretty, pretty, pretty ferocious. And, and, you know, well, uh, you know, you, let's, let's kind of regress a little bit. We talked about the, the, the Lonesome Dove series and uh, there's a little connection to that that I'd like to kind of bring up here, and you're aware of it, but our listeners may not be. But we have a cemetery there that several soldiers are buried in called the Good Knights Cemetery. And it was the land of the Good Knights who came into Kentucky. As uh, Hans Michael Goodnight came into Kentucky about 1780. And um, make a long story short, they were uh, attacked by the Indians. There was about 35 in that party. And they were attacked, and his wife was pregnant. Uh, she ran and hid and got away from him. Uh, he was killed. And uh, she had a little little boy, and his name was Isaac Goodnight, about four months later. 
And when they found her, uh, back up a little bit, when they found her, she had her covered her head up with a, with her a blanket or something. And they said when the little boy was born in Harrodsburg, Kentucky, Fort Harrod there, that he couldn't sleep unless you covered his head up. And I wow. thought that was an interesting story. But anyway, his grandson, Charles Goodnight Jr., went on to Texas and started the, the Goodnight-loving cattle <laughs> trail, which Larry McMurtry got the idea for the novel Lonesome Dove, which you yep. played Gus, which would have been Charles Goodnight. <laughs> so I thought that connection yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, that's incredible, actually. And and when I, you told me about that, I was like, I had never even thought of that. I, I didn't know that history. It's just remarkable. And that was such an important, like, I, I think of Lonesome Dove like, like you all do. And, and I mean, it's just, you can't touch it. And so when I, when, when I got into, when there was interest in me playing Gus, I was really scared to because I'm a huge fan of Lones and Dove. It's one of those things like if it's on, you got to watch it. You don't turn it off. And go ahead. Well, the music and this, the, 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 the uh, it's just a class. I mean, you can stop any frame of that movie almost. You, I can think of scenes of them going out that night. They were going to Mexico to steal the cattle, you know, and they're going across the bridge. And you could paint a wonderful picture of just about any scene in that movie. I mean, it's just yeah. done so well. You know, and um, I just thought it was a neat, neat thing. I, I, it's probably as accurate historically, I think, as too as, well, as you can it get. It is because, you know, Larry McMurtry is a really unique writer and he he grew up in Texas and he really writes from his experience um, growing up with his family that were all cattle people. And, and you know, that 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 way of talking and those stories and, and you know, the saddles kind of don't change much. And, and so he had a real, um, um, connection to that. And that's why his, his, his books are so incredible. And I, I flew down to meet him. Um, and he had to okay me basically. Hmm. And I went into his house and he had a, he had, he read every paper, like he had papers, like I'm talking every city it was incredible. And, he, and in his office, there was a typewriter and a stack of white paper. And that was it. And like old school guy, and I was so nervous to meet him, and I was so nervous to play the part because I, I you know, Duvall was so amazing, and I was like, here I am playing a part, but I'm also playing, I'm playing Duvall playing the part, <laughs> you know, it was layered, layered, and um, I didn't know if I got it. We had a conversation just about like farming and stuff like that, and I got to the airport in Tucson. That's where he lives. And um, I got a call and it said, uh, Larry loves you and he wants you to play the part. And just know that, like, when we shot that, we were trying to be as historically accurate as possible to the point where um, we were shooting a scene around campfire. And, and um, Larry called and said, how do the guys look? And Diana Osana, who, who is, you know, they're, they're peas in a pod. She was on set and she took a picture and sent it to him and he called and stopped shooting. And he said, tell those guys to roll around in the dirt and keep their hats on. And the costume people, makeup people were freaking out. And we ro literally rolled in the dirt <laughs> and we had to reshoot the scene. He said, when you take off your hat, there should be a line across your forehead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was that kind of detail that he insisted on. 
you know. That's what makes it good. That's what makes it so I, believable. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, you got it. This this newest uh, production you did called uh, Good Lord Bird. We're going to be doing a podcast. Uh, our next one is going to be a story about a guy from Harrodsburg, Kentucky, um, who was a gunmaker who ended up as a hostage at Harper's Ferry by John Brown. And so oh, you might oh. want to listen to that one because that's another connection to a movie you've done. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the good Lord Bird. Uh, and that was another one, uh, fun one, that we um, uh, that was uh, really done right. And they spent a lot of uh, time trying to make every look. I mean, you got you got prop guys there that 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 are adamant about it being right. Well, you know, you, don't, you wouldn't ride, you wouldn't do that. You don't wear this like that, you know. <laughs> well, you look like, back at the old, some of the Western, some of the early stuff, you know, and like when I was a child, like, well, and I love Daniel Boone. Of course, that probably got me interested in Daniel Boone as much as the history, but, uh, you know, Fess Parker, if there was ever a person that was not Daniel Boone, it would be him, <laughs> you know, because he was big and Daniel Boone was little. And I mean, it's just, but it was so, look, look at it now, it's kind of hokey, you know, it's, like, it's just so, you know. But today, I think that we've we've learned a lot, and uh, they've done such a much better job of, of authenticity, and they do their homework, and uh, it just makes it a much richer experience when you watch a historic movie like that. Yeah, I I agree. I'm a I'm a real stickler for that stuff, and you know, um, if I see it done right and raw and good, then you know. It helps the story, as far as I'm concerned. All right, Steve, we're we're going to about to run out of time, but I'd save just a okay. few questions. This is what we're going to call our speed round, and uh, so okay. you're, you're the first one uh, to get to experience this. So, <laughs> okay, I can't Steve, promise I'm, you anything. I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with this. All right. You know, okay. All right. If uh, they if they make a movie about Steve Zahn, who would play Steve Zahn? Oh, good one. Uh, uh, I guess Sam Rockwell. Okay. <laughs> We've competed for parts all our lives. Okay. Yeah. All right, what would the 60-second elevator pitch be to make a movie about Steve Zahn? Oh, man, that's, that's – yeah, it, it would actually be like 10 seconds. It was like, um, you know, um, go to work, and then uh, most of the movie is going to be boring because you're at home cooking, shopping, and cleaning <laughs> and taking care of horses and goats. That's it. All right. So what's the uh, first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? Uh, I, uh, I, I, I think about coffee. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's most of us. That's about it. All right. Beatles or Rolling Stones? Rolling Stones. All right. Sweet tea or unsweet tea? Oh, unsweet. Oh, oh that's man. the Northern see, coming out. That's the Yankee know, coming out. I'm just telling you, that's not a good answer. <laughs> unsweet tea should be outlawed. It should be a death penalty if you're caught in the possession yeah, yeah, yeah. of sweet tea. Go. I got unsweet one for tea. you. Beach nut or red man? <laughs> what? Beach nut or red man? Oh, red man silver. I'm chewing it right now. <laughs> oh, yes. speak. Right. I swear to God, I'm chewing yeah. it right now. That's the hardest thing I ever quit in my life, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, I got one last question, and a buddy paid me 50 bucks to ask this question. So this is not my question, but 50 bucks right. is 50 bucks. Okay. Who would win a fight between a robot and a werewolf? Oh, who would win? Yeah, a fight between a robot and a werewolf. Dude, a robot. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's, I don't know. He just said, hey. Technology, I, I, baby. Technology. technology. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go yeah. along with that. I, I, I wouldn't root for the robot, but the robot would win. Okay. Let's put it that way. 
Okay. Well, Seton, you've earned the distinction of maybe being the only Yankee that's on Uncommon History of the South podcast. So now you that's a quite an accomplishment, I think. Yeah, you've just lowered your bar with those questions. <laughs> Listen, we, we, we like, you know, guys, young go-getters out there that's trying to get to, you know, make it, and we thought by letting you be on this podcast, it would be your big break. So, you know, good yeah, luck. That's <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. It's oh, been thank great. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Always enjoy being with you, and uh, it's just – Let's uh, do it again. We'll do it again, Definitely. okay? All right, thank you for being part of the Uncommon History of the South podcast. If you would like to help support our podcast, please share our podcast with your friends. Leave a five-star review and a comment. This will help others find our podcast. And make sure you friend us, follow us, and like us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And we'll be back next week with a new podcast of Uncommon History of the South.